0: Is there a more picturesque uh, place to have Christmas in than Fairbanks, Alaska? Um, I grew up in Southern California, so uh, I still am not tired of the snow, even though I have to push it around. It's still uh, exciting to me. Uh, We've been here 15 years now in in Fairbanks. And um, uh, one of the things that we have um, learned to celebrate in our time here Uh, And this is going to sound a little funny that I'm bringing up another holiday while we have one right in front of us, but the solstice. I love the solstice. I love when we turn the corner and we all kind of tell one another and encourage each other with the fact that the light is coming back and the darkness uh, is going to be diminished. Diminished. And uh, that is something worth celebrating. I have this picture that I brought. You've probably seen this before. If by chance you're visiting from out of town, here is our shortest day of the year. And that just looks terrible, doesn't it? I mean, man. But when the solstice comes uh, around, we encourage one another, uh, just reminding one another that the, the light is coming back, the darkness is gone, and days of full light are coming. Times when we will get out on our four-wheelers and explore and we'll fly fish and we'll camp and we'll, we'll do all of the things that we enjoy doing in the summertime. And so, of course, this past Wednesday, we celebrated that turn uh, of the increasing of the light. And every time we go past that, that threshold as we head into Christmas, I am reminded of a very Christmas passage that seems to nestle right in between these two days. And it's that passage that I want to focus on this morning. And it goes like this. And this is taken from the book of Matthew, from the gospel of Matthew. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, doesn't that sound like Alaska? A light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, as beautiful as these words are, they're not original to uh, to Matthew, to our gospel writer. Here, uh, you can see that as they're listed up here on the screen for you, they're in quotations because Matthew is actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah wrote these words seven hundred years prior. And he was looking forward to, by God's grace, what had been revealed to him, they were looking forward to the light that God would send into a dark world. And in the Gospel of Matthew, when we read about the coming of Christ, it is declared for us that Jesus is that light, and that that light has dawned. And what I want to do this evening is just work very quickly through each one of these stanzas to make sure that we know What this is saying. It's beautiful to read. It's hopeful. It's encouraging. But it's critically important to understand what is being referenced here. This first phrase, the people living in darkness. No mystery. That's all of us. That's you. That's me. That is the human condition on planet earth. What we find in the scriptures is that this world was not always dark though. Things were not always as they are now. The Bible tells us that once upon a time in eternity past, in the heavens, the triune God lived in perfect harmony. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit lived together in perfect unity, in perfect fellowship, in perfect communion, and they truly delighted in one another. And that community was so brilliant and so wonderful and so desirable that they wanted quite simply to share it with a world, and therefore, there is creation. The same way that a singer who sings beautifully or someone who plays an instrument well will want to share their talents with others in the same way God simply wanted to share of himself with others. He doesn't need us. He wasn't lonely. He was perfectly content in the community in heaven, and yet all of that glory and goodness needed to be shared, and so he did. And so God made a world, and in that world, he placed the original pair, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, in their pride, defied God's good commands and decided they knew better than God. They rebelled, and they disobeyed. And with that action, sin entered the world. Sin is a contamination, a distortion like a disease that has come into the world and gotten all over everyone and everything and that is what has made the world dark it is the breaking of what we call shalom peace wholeness goodness things as they ought to be when sin came into the world as this foreign contaminant as this distortion all of the goodness that God had made became distorted and contaminated and frustrated. And that is what we experience. And so when the Bible says here, when this passage says, the people living in darkness, that is why the world is dark. It's not that God made it that way. It's that we in our sin have brought that into the world and made it that way. And therefore that is what we live in, that darkness. But Matthew, quoting Isaiah, points to the fact that there's hope. We have seen a great light. And if there's anybody in the world who understands and appreciates light, it's Alaskans. We got that one down. We know about light. Uh, We love it. We know about the goodness for our bodies. Uh, You know, you can, we have a great view up here on the hill, and during the week, when there's one of those beautiful sunrises, you know, kind of high clouds, but the sun kind of peers in between the mountain range and the clouds and the light just cascades off of the hill, we'll tell one another as we walk up and down the halls, hey, did you see the sunrise? I know it's 11 o'clock, but did you see the sunrise? You're going to want to take that in. We know of its importance for our health, for our energy, for our bodies. We know the way that it wakes up the dormant, frozen world around us and brings it to life. We know the importance for our emotional health of taking it in. We understand light. And in the physical world, light always dispels darkness. Light always overpowers darkness. You can't bring darkness into a room to overpower the light that's here. The light always wins. We can light one candle in this room and it can be seen and it will dispel the darkness that is here. And so light is a powerful image that is being utilized here to talk to us about what God has has done. And again, this isn't just some kind of generic goodness that is being spoken of. It's not just some sort of benevolent humanitarian kind of thing. The light that is being referenced is none other than Jesus Christ He is the light of the world. And that's what Matthew is picking up on. Even as Isaiah had made the promise that a light would come, Matthew is declaring for us the light has come. The light is here, and it is Jesus as he's introducing him to us in his gospel. The reality is that God in his love did not leave us to flounder lost in darkness, He gave light to us. He initiated. He came near. God, who was the offended party in this rebellion in the garden, watching humanity go on with sin after sin after sin, said, I will be the one to reconcile the situation by bringing one into the world who can resolve it. And so he gives his beloved son. And that takes us to the next stanza. On those living in the land of the shadow of death... A light has dawned. At Christmas time, we we celebrate the dawning of this light. That God would come, who would leave the abode of heaven and come to earth in the form not just of a human, but of a child, of a needy and dependent infant, dependent even on an earthly mom and dad. God Most High would give us a pricely gift. He would give us His own beloved Son. God the Son, who lived in eternity past, in unapproachable light, in holiness and perfection, in goodness, cloaked in the glory of the triune Godhead, would say, I will go to that dark and sinful, rebellious world for their good. It's an incredible condescension of God to come to Our need. And so at Christmas time we celebrate the dawning of this light. That Christ who is light can dispel darkness. The darkness of sin that is in our life. And that is exactly what the angels declared when the news was spoken from them in Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we come to our fourth stanza here. Now this one, as we oftentimes will read Isaiah's passage, we don't read this next bit. But when we see how the gospel writer picks up the promise and shows its fulfillment in the New Testament era, we see then the words of Jesus that follow immediately after. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Um, this word repent is kind of, uh, if I'm honest, a little bit of an offensive word in our world. Uh, We've heard it, unfortunately, spoken very shrilly from the church on street corners, people wearing sandwich boards and whatnot. And to be frank, it's sometimes embarrassing. But repentance is a good word and a good thing. It is an invitation Repentance means that we turn away from something and towards something else. The invitation that Jesus is giving here is that we would turn away from our sin and our self-reliance and our self-trust. We would turn away from that and we would turn towards Christ as our Savior. We would recognize the invitation to be a part of the kingdom of God has come. Rebels who have been separated can now be brought back. And reconciled to a holy God through Jesus Christ. And through repentance for sin, through repentance for sin and through faith in Christ, we can actually change our citizenship. There's been a lot of talk about changing citizenship this year in an election year, a lot of veiled threats. Uh, I don't think anybody actually has, but uh, we've heard a lot about that. But Jesus says we can actually change our citizenship. From the realm of darkness to the kingdom of the Son. This is what the Apostle Paul picks up on in Colossians 1.13. He says, For he, referring to Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. And that is the option that is available to us. But here's the thing. We lay hold of this by faith. We lay hold of this invitation by faith. We start our spiritual life, our restored life with God, through repentance, turning away from sin, and through faith, trusting in Christ as our Savior. Now, I know that I've shared a lot of words already, and your mind is probably already on tomorrow and all the rest, and I also know that pictures are worth a thousand words. I have a picture for you. Actually, I have a, an object picture for you. This, of course, you'll recognize as a gift, and uh, there really is a gift in here, something that I was given earlier this week. Uh, Our family celebrates Christmas uh, a couple of days early with our our family here in town. We gather together, and we each draw a name, and my name was drawn by my sister-in-law, and so in this gift, or in this package, is something that she made for me, Uh, so can I do you mind can I open this and show you my gift? You know, you might feel badly cuz you didn't get me something so nice, but I'll I'll take a chance. Here it is. This is oh yeah. A homemade beaver skin trapper hat. Isn't that beautiful? You want to see it on? Of course you do. Yeah, I know. All right, you ready for this? Camera's up? No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Look at that. And doesn't it go nicely with the beard, you know? And the great feature of this hat, too, uh, is my my kids particularly like this is when you bring these up, it's like dad has hair again, you know? (laughs) Uh, I have wanted one of these for a long time, and uh, so it's special for that reason, but it's even more special in in that this was made for me. This was carefully made for me, with me in mind. Now, where did the package go here? Oh, it's black. You can't see it on the stools. Here's the thing. This is a gift. can just sit here in its offered state, right? It can just be held out there. What I need to do with this gift is I need to accept it. I need to receive it. I need to open this gift. I need to lay hold of this. I need to appropriate this. I need to access this and put it into my life for it to have any value. Otherwise, it's just an empty offering. It sits there unused. And some of you are still in that place with the Lord Jesus Christ. The gift has been offered and you know it. And you even know what it's for. You know what's inside. You know what it can do. But you leave it there, and you keep it at arm's distance. And my encouragement to you this evening, I almost said this morning, is this. You need to lay hold of it. You need to access it. You need to open it and appropriate it, and you need to fold it into your life. And you do that through repentance and faith. You turn away from sin, which is a distortion and a contamination that you weren't made for. And you turn towards Christ in faith and in trust. And when Christ comes into your life, you're a new creature, empowered now for obedience, sealed in the family of God, with not just an empty hope of heaven, but a certainty that you'll be reunited with the Father, This is what is told to us in John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, sealed in his family. If you're here this evening, you probably came to sing some wonderful songs and enjoy, hopefully, the the beautiful light of a candlelight service and be with your friends and family. But maybe you have one other decision to make tonight, and that is to trust in Christ. Now, we are going to go through with our our service here, and I'm, I'm going to light a candle in just a second. In fact, I'll make my way down here. My hope this evening is that if you have never trusted in Christ as your Savior, that tonight, even in the act of bowing your candle, your unlit candle, to the lit one, that you would see the metaphor unfold that light has come into the world that you would bow your own heart and life to it and receive it. And that even where you're sitting in your own heart, you would say, I trust in you. I turn away from sin. And I turn towards you, Jesus, my Savior.